Hello everybody. Hope all is good. I'm just getting home today. Just got back from Tampa Pro. We took an all-I-need skate trip down there. It was myself, Corey Goonan, and Timmy Knuth. It was really epic. I recorded some live streams for the All-I-Need Skate Facebook page. That was really fun. If you guys ever want to check out our live stream, you can go to facebook.com forward slash Skate. And if you like our Facebook page, you'll get alerts when we go live. Uh, the cool thing about going live is that you guys can inter interact. You can tune in and then you can ask questions and uh, I can answer it. Or like, for example, at the Tampa Pro, people were like, tell Jordan Hoffer he's awesome. And I'd like, he Jordan, Jordan. I would go right up to him. Be like, dude, they said you're awesome. He's like, hell yeah. Or like, someone told me to tell Evan Smith to get it. Like, get the trick. I was like, get it, get it. Uh, it's fun, man. Uh, it's also like a simple and easy way to support this podcast. If you just go to facebook.com forward slash all I need skate. Today's guest is my good friend, Chris Ortiz, and he is the man. Enjoy. I just love the skating and the scene. Rain, rain, go away. All I need is a skateboard today. Board today. Board today. This is the Shetler Show featuring professional skateboarder, podcaster, and All I Need Skate founder, Anthony Shetler. So everyone was, it was hot. Everyone was doing it. Yeah, they're looking for their dad's fucking metal skateboards in the garage. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah. Get on this thing. <laughs> Each episode brings you amazing discussions with interesting people from all walks of life. Kind of when skateboarding clicked for me and you learn some tricks or whatever and you get that appreciation from your peers you know the other skaters are like holy shit like yeah dude that's rad admiration yeah, yeah the admiration or the, the affirmation real recognize real if I didn't experience those crazy moments in my life then these great moments would never be as great as they have been honestly like for me I just loved it like I saw those dudes I saw those videos and I was like holy fuck this is sick yeah this is what I want to do What's up, guys? We are back. I am in Tampa, Florida. What's this hotel? Residence Inn. We're in the Residence Inn, which is about ten times nicer than where we are staying. <laughs> you know how to travel in comfort. Congratulations. Hey, man. A lot of years at it. A lot of years. I saw a solo basketball hoop outside. Like, it's fenced in. Just one hoop for, like, private playing. Pretty legit. That is legit, you know? I mean, we got to make sure we're watching... The hoops and shit go down, and you know, I mean, we got Kobe, you know, Mr. Living Legend, the legend, you well, know. you don't have Kobe anymore. Uh, well, what do you mean? We still have him. Who's getting the, the great tour? But he's done, right? He's going to retire. And he's going to retire, but hey, come on. You got 20 years of Kobe, man. <laughs> you know? It, come on. Even the Garden, even the Garden gave him a standing ovation, Mr. Shetler. All right. All right let's, just, let's just stop on that right now because we'll, let's just continue this talk. For those that don't know, me and Ortiz have a bit of rival. Lakers, Celtics, you're gonna, it's going to come out throughout this conversation because he's a bit of an asshole, but it's okay about it. It's fine. I let it roll off my chest. How long have we known each other? It's, good. it's been too long, huh? It's Ortiz. been a good 15 years, I'd say. Damn. That's pretty sick to think of. You know, it's super sick, man. You know, and here we are. You're doing an interview with me now. I, mean, I know. We're, we're you kind of returned the table on me here a little bit, man. It's unusual for me right now. Well, I kind of wanted to start this off by telling people that since we've known each other for 15 years and we travel with World and just the Dew Tour stuff and all that, 
I wanted to start off and just say, I've always admired, I always admired your hard work and your hustle. And that's what, kind of where I wanted to start this. Where, where did that come from? Because, like, touring with World and this stuff, you always, like, you, you kind of instilled that in everyone. Man, the hustle really started when I was a kid growing up with the Badlands crew, you know? Um, yeah. You know, when you're, when you're growing up with Steve Alba, man, um, you know, and the Thrasher crew, MoFo, you know, Bryce Knights, um, they teach you a work ethic. Yeah. You know, and they teach you... Um, it's just it's a work ethic you know it's hard to describe but it's just you know it's okay you're, you're there to get stuff done and you're not there to waste people's time and you know you're out there to work and you know when you're out and shooting with salva man he's he's a true ball buster man you know it's just <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> the guy just gets you going and it's like you're in and out and you know i mean my, my career started with shooting salva and the whole badlands crew um you know, Mickey Alba, Chris Robeson, uh, and the list goes on, you know, and there'd be sessions where it's not like today's skateboarding. It's, we jump in the backyard, try to get a photo, but man, Salva had it down. It was like over the fence, look at the watch. And it's like 15 minutes. Yeah. You got to be done. We got to get our trick. Because you guys are like trespassing. We're trespassing it. <laughs> and the thing is, it, it's... It's still trespassing today when you're in a schoolyard and yeah. jumping the fences, but it's a bit different when you're at someone's home. Yeah. And you're kind of destroying their pool and you're destroying their property. And well, you having could, kids, you know that. Yeah. Like, imagine if some dudes are in your backyard, yeah, no. even with skateboards or not. You're like, I'm still calling the cops on them. <laughs> Shit, they're destroying my house. You know, I mean, yeah. yeah it, it, but that's how we worked it, and that's how I, that's how it started for me. Sick. Do do you? I, I contribute. I see that you do a lot of stuff in skateboarding. You've been in it for, let's say, the industry. How long have you been in it? We've known each other for 15, so you've been in the skateboard industry for. I've, I've been in the industry a long time. Just put it that way. What do you think it is? Is it the is it the hustle, work ethic, all that, or is it just meeting the right people? Or it's a bit of both. You know, um, you, you know, I, I, I always got a, a kind of a philosophy of. Um, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. Yeah. You know, and, and I think one of the biggest things is a lot of people burn bridges, man, and they don't realize that it comes back to them at certain some point. The industry is so you know? small, really, you know. Yeah, it is super yeah. small, and um, you, know, you just got to watch what you say, and you're never above anyone else, and I think that's kind of the most important thing is just, you know, just treat everyone with respect and you go a long way in this industry. Man. It's funny because as you say it, you say it like it's common sense, and it, and it should be, I think. But then you know, me, you, both of us know we've seen so many dudes come and go and just burn bridges and treat people like their ego got crazy and they forgot that like they're nothing special, you know? Like you need to everyone's together on this one. It is, it is, and I think you know, as people get older and mature out, you know, I've seen so many people. It's just I've seen the young young ones. I don't want to name any names right now, but. I've seen the young ones, attitude, you know, kind of they, you know, they hit the tw 22, 23, they start to change. Once they hit 30, they're like, you know, they even look back at themselves and like, wow, man. You yeah. Know? yeah, dude, I mean, I'm 33 now, but I think back to my 
23-year-old self, and I just want to kick myself in the ass so yeah. bad, dude. And, and, and you're even a respectable person, so there's even, you know, I don't ever look at you as one of those guys that, you know, was disrespectful and, you know, all about himself, and I'm talking, there's there's people out there that if you Way look worse. back at yourself, you should see probably the way some other people think <laughs> of themselves, all right? Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say that. All right, um... We're going to move forward a little bit. I wrote down some show notes here, as I do with all my guests. I want to talk about growing up in Southern California. I'm assuming this is a... Is that where, where did you grow up? The area? You know, I, I pretty much... I've lived and grown up my whole life in Southern California. Um, I grew up in, you know, the Badlands area. For people that don't know the Badlands, it's considered the Inland Empire, the IE, the scum of the fucking earth. Um... <laughs> You know, but it's it's also what what makes people so hard, kind of coming out from that area. You know, um, so I, I grew up there, skating the Pipeline Skate Park, and um, then I just you know moved to the bubble land of what we call Orange County. You know, yeah, yeah. and I've lived there for the last 16 years of my 16 years. I think I've lived in the OC, the bubble. That's where I still reside right now. Did it, has it converted you into its lifestyle, the OC way? Do you have um, uh, sweatpants and, like, have a little dog and you go to Starbucks every day? Um, <laughs> no, man. I, I, I still like to make my own cup of coffee every morning. Classy. I like it. You know? Um, like a pot. Like you put a pot on? I put a full pot and everything on, you know? Man, um, sick. I like it. But, you know, yeah, I live in the bubble, so I'm sure there's things about me that are live in the bubble, you know. But You're softer now? I'm a, I'm, I'm a little softer since I've left the IE, but, man, I, I'm, I'm blessed on where I am in my life right now, though, you know. Yeah, and honestly, as much as I make fun of Southern California, it's 70 degrees year-round, and it's the mecca of, like, skateboarding, for yeah. the industry, anyways. Yeah. Well, it's where the industry resides. Yeah, you know? well... And, that's changing a bit now, but that still is the mecca for sure. Yeah. I think it's been changing for a bit. Um, actually, you know, it used to be Southern California was like, it was the skateboard industry, but now it's just, it's globally, you know, it's worldwide and there's brands all around the world. And, you know, I remember the days when it was like, you know, the PAL team would go on a Europe trip and there were no brands in Europe. There was yeah. only shops there, yeah. you know? And then now, you know, you've got a handful of brands yeah. in every country. Yeah, it's, it's the technology. It's yeah. the easy ac accessibility to it. Because before, all the magazines and stuff, that's where everything, that's where you wanted to be if you want to yeah. get noticed. You know, Now it's so, anyone has access to the web and to promotion and free yeah. promotion at that. So now it's just kind of like, who can do it the best, yeah. you know? So I love it. Um, all right, moving forward. Well, we talked about SoCal. You've been to my hood. You like the East Coast? Hey man, you know I love it out there, dude. I, I, I love traveling, but the, specifically the East Coast, man, um, it's great. Um, especially your hood, you know, New Bedford. And, Hell yeah. You know, the little um, park under the bridge right there. And, you know, the crew that you guys roll with, you know. Corey Goonan, man, that guy is awesome, you know, you introduced me to him, and, you know, he's a, he's a true shredder, and then you got the, you know, the legends out there, like Nick Dompierre, man, that, you know, whenever I'm out there, he rolls in town. Have you seen him lately? He's out there, man, Nick Dompierre is a, 
buff motherfucker, man. He's so yoked Holy now. shit, that dude is yoked and yoked. And I just want to say, you know, um, I'm stoked to see that. You yeah. know? I, I don't want to go on the conversation, but no, you know, please, please. there's people that take a dark side in their life. And it takes a little bit to, you know, to see something. And yeah. um, he's a guy that I look at now and I looked at, you know, maybe five years ago. And I was like, man, I, I'm stoked to see him take the change that he did and um and be the person he is now you know and it's um, not easy it's not easy man oh, think no, it's not. if you it's think not. about what nick nick like was the biggest name in skateboarding for a while he's on the cover of thrasher trans world all he had all the big sponsors all that stuff an injury and some other issues and then it was like all of that was gone it was gone yeah and that's how fast and that's you don't ever take take it for granted man yeah no, don't yeah. ever take nothing for granted because it could be gone the next day yeah and the crazy thing is we know a lot of people that that happened to and they didn't rebound so for nick to like come back yeah and like he's skating better than he has, ever has from what i can tell i've been seeing him around i'm like holy shit he's like got it back you know what i mean he does, man. he's got it he's got it back and you know and, and one thing i got to say about the east coast is you know it's hard to find good Mexican food there. <laughs> but you got the burrito spot. Yeah, right? Right? You do got the burrito spot. Well, in, if, if truth is told, Paiva went out to, to, I think, San Diego area, and he got inspired. So. so, But let's give props to that burrito spot. It's called No Problemo. Yeah, New okay. Bedford, Massachusetts. It's New Bedford, Massachusetts, and it's legit. It's actually some SoCal Mexi. And Ortiz knows what he's talking about. Pretty much every skate trip we go on, Ortiz would kind of, like, dictate where we're going because everyone kind of trusted his opinion on food because you know what you're doing. You you, you have a good palate. You know I what you're do, doing. man. I, hey, I, I try to live good, you the know. Tra the traveling and different tastes, you have a, a wide-open palate. Yep. It's nice. <laughs> um, yeah, before moving forward, the cool thing about Nick, too, is that he's kind of reinvented himself with fitness and... And the whole lifting weights, and yeah. it's insane. It's pretty it rad. Yeah. He's like the the first dude I saw kind of do that was Beeble. And Nick kind of yeah. like, I mean, they don't do the same things, but just to be yoked and be skateboarding yeah. is kind of awkward. For, like, at first, it was like, what the fuck? Like, it's crazy. It's cool to see that skateboarding is like you know, allowing all that. I'm going to go back and say, you know, look at Steve Alba. He's, you know... 50 plus right now and his whole motto was being kind of fit when he started getting to a certain age yeah you see salba you know doing push-ups on the side of the pool before he skated weird stretches and always stretching but man he is still shredding the pool true and it's because of you know you're trying to keep in shape and all that you know and you don't learn it till you're older you know so like a lot of these kids no one's going to stretch. No one's going to, you know, yeah. do it. But, you know, I, I think the way skateboarding has progressed and um, especially, you know, the contest scene now and everything, you know, a lot of, a lot more people are taking it seriously and actually trying to, you know, keep themselves in a better shape as well. Yeah, yeah. And it, speaking of all the contest stuff, like you almost – you have to be in shape. You have to almost be on, like, some good supplements and, like, stuff just to, like, compete because the do. top dudes are, you know? Yeah, no, they are. They are. They're they, keeping themselves in shape, man. It's good, man. I, I teach skateboard lessons at the Edge Indoor Skate Park in, in Taunton where I live, and uh, 
first thing I do is like we do. I teach them about skating, but I also just talk to them about you know whatever. But I mostly talk about stretching and like keeping their body healthy. And I talk about starting from the ground up with everything. So I'm teaching these nine year olds to. 13 year olds and I'm like look they all want to go down the ramps and jump off stuff I'm like let's skate flat learn our center of balance let's go from the ground up that way you'll be safe and your body will last longer instead of just like going beyond and I, I always show them a few stretches and I'm like help I think if we get them young and teach them to take care of their bodies they're just gonna they'll be able yeah. to skate forever no, I, that. I agree know. man yeah I agree. sick all right moving forward moving forward all right, well, this is perfect. Oh, actually, I want to talk about Charlie Thomas, someone that was always health conscious and good friend of ours. Dude, I used to wake up P90X. He'd be like, I'd sleep on his floor. He'd be doing P90X at 8 in the morning and just like, that dude was on it. And it's, was he always like that or do you think it as he got older? Because ever since I've known Charlie, he was health conscious, eating well and all that stuff. I think Charlie's always been a guy that ate well. Yeah. But I don't think Charlie got into the stretching part of it till he got a little bit older himself. Yeah. Uh, he always ate healthy, though, you know, and, and fit. And, um, you know, he, he never had a, you know, a problem of partying and all that kind of stuff, man. And look at him now. I mean, Charlie is still shredding right now, dude. You dude, know? he learned I mean, 540s at the age of 38 yeah. at Woodward crazy crazy you know and i mean think about that tm dude he was at the tm when we'd be on trips for a while yeah and he'd be shredding dude he would out he sometimes he'd win the demo sometimes he would actually yeah, you know which is yeah. a little embarrassing when you're you a know? team rider <laughs> when you're I, like god our tms kill it it's awesome because you're like good someone's doing it but it's embarrassing yeah, I, he has to pull the weight i'm actually not going to say any names because i don't want to throw anyone under the bus but there were times when charlie just out shredded him man yeah i the love it tm took out the demo yeah and he held it down for world industries at the time man. yeah yeah it was it was crazy man yeah i think I, to, to stay on the topic a little bit the fitness and that stuff it's the people that do find it as they get older it's a necessity i think they realize that to keep this thing that they love in their life for a longer period of time they do have to stretch and they have to change their diet because when you're young dude you're just like candy whatever alcohol fucking up all night and you're not thinking about when you're 35 and your bones just don't want to work and you're like you still want to skate and you have that fire and it's like the best way to do it we shorten our careers basically yeah. shorten our skate times because we don't think about our health and diet it's yeah. insane it's cool that people are being more conscious of it now. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's unfortunate that it's only on the mostly on contest side, because yeah. like there's street skaters that could prolong their career too if they just took their health and diet a little more seriously. Yeah, if they did, but they'll come around one day, maybe, possibly, and if not, then it's just it's just done a little sooner for them. It is know? what it is. It is what it is. You know. That one's big for me, man. Like. Uh, you know my story like how I grew up not much guidance and stuff but like I always get these injuries and shit and like I wish I had someone being like look take care of that injury don't yeah. let it linger like it's gonna plague you you know like those simple like you need someone that can tell you that you yeah know? you were good at that on all the trips man you you never pulled no punches I appreciate it you're really good about that all right I want to talk Wait, about I, I didn't pull any punches in a good way, like you never bullshitted anyone. You were always yeah, like on the trips. You were always like, you know, we need to do this, this, and this. Yeah. Like, let's get this done, and then we can have yeah. fun. You know what I mean? You were like kind of the anchor 
you were like, um, that's why I want I compliment you on your work ethic because when we go on trips, you were like, everyone wants to have fun and you know and indulge and whatever, which is fine. But you were like, let's get the work done first, which I admire because I like to work hard too, and we needed that. And, and that's why I always told you too, like you know, no matter what was going on, I. I always told you when the Lakers won too. When we beat Boston, just let's we can keep the conversation going. But I'll just let, like you know that went down quite a few times. It wasn't right? it wasn't that often because right, we had the big going. three and is ridiculous. Uh, this, this, I, I think I had more Laker victories in our little era together than anything. So let's just keep it going. It's next fun. question. <laughs> let's next question. It's funny that a guy talking about hard work. I know Kobe works hard, but I feel like he's the biggest pansy ever. But we'll move forward now. Okay, we'll move forward. Um, how'd you get introduced to skating? Like, the first introduction. Like, where'd you find out about skating and just the... I don't know. You're in Southern California, so you probably grew Yeah, up it, you know, just growing up in Southern California, everyone has a skateboard. And, you know, I just remember um, going to school and someone had a skateboard and just started skating with my neighborhood friend. And... Um, you know, and and then end up going to the skate park, and and it all went from there, man. You know, back in the day, it's almost like today now. You know, there's skate parks everywhere now. Yeah. You know, and I'm very fortunate to be able to have a skate park. I think it's a lot harder when you don't have a skate park. You don't have nothing to really try to see what other people are doing and stuff. And yeah. When you're when you're fortunate and blessed enough to have a skate park and to actually be involved with other people, it really it pushes your limits too, you know. It's just like when you're out skating with your friends and everything, you know. Yeah. It, it, it pushes you, you know, and I think that's what you know the skate park atmosphere does, and that's what it was for me, you know. And I grew up at, um, you know, Upland, yeah. which is you know the famous um, Pipeline Skate Park, and um, just grew up skating there, man. Yeah, I feel like skate parks kind of breed community because everyone yeah. comes there to just kind of balance it all out. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Um, one sec. I just want to cross the shit off my list. There's no, uh, I have no formats on my podcast. Did you ever try to get sponsored? Were you ever like I, I, doing I, it? <laughs> I got flowed product actually when, when I was a kid. Yeah, I got, um, it was funny because, you know, growing up and skating with some of the people I skated and, you know, I mean, I grew up with Chris Miller and Salba and all those guys, you know, and. Uh, I think I actually got flowed more because of a camera guy, but yeah, I was getting flowed back in the day by a company called Going Trucks. Man. Yeah, I remember Going. Sick. Yeah. I've had I had some pairs yeah. when I was younger. Sick, dude. It was kind of funny, but yeah, <laughs> that, that was the extent of anything for me, you know. Speaking about, do you think Chris Miller has a really good health uh, diet and exercise? Because he's still so damn good. Man, Chris Miller is so fit and so healthy conscience it's retarded it is, it is retarded <laughs> you okay. can tell because he's so good at skateboarding you know i had the luxury of working with chris and most importantly just being his friend so you know there's a lot of times we can't even go to lunch together just because it's too fucking healthy for me <laughs> you know i mean the guy is just so healthy that it's just it's just not in my bo- boat of eating you're you like know? i don't want to just yeah. eat lettuce today yeah i just you know but um yeah, there's a lot of guys that, you know, I mean, you know, yeah, look at Chris Miller. He is ripping to this day and age right now, and he's he's been healthy for, for many years. This is my transition into working for the Dew Tour 
and my show is going to go out of order because I know we didn't mention how you found your first camera. Maybe we'll start there. How'd you get into photography? <laughs> you know, photography was an interesting one for me because it all started in high school, and I um, had to take an elective, Sick. and I picked photography. Good choice. And at the time, my passion was skateboarding. Yeah. My passion still is skateboarding. But I turned every assignment into a skateboarding assignment. Sick. I love that. So the whole four years of going to um, high school, I took photography, put it into what I loved most, which was riding my four wheels and you know, going to Upland Skate Park and... And it just transpired into now. Hey, look at where we're at today, you know. Yeah, I'm, it's crazy. I'm at this, you know. I'm at the Tampa Pro Contest, you know, and and still shooting it, you know. And yeah, it's crazy. And it's, it is. It's it's really crazy when I think about it because you know I didn't go to no Ford, you know, year college or any of that stuff. You know, I literally I, I learned um, from some of the best out there, you know. And going back to like what I mentioned earlier, the Thrasher guys, you know, and you know, a couple of guys that were very instrumental in, in pushing me to the next level of my photography. You know, one, I got to thank my high school photo teacher, Mr. Reed Lown. He's one that, you know, had a lot of faith in me and, you know, let me kind of turn everything that I did from skateboarding into the project, you know. Yeah. He bent the rules a little bit for me because, you know, there were certain assignments, hey, you got to do this, this, this. And I took skateboarding, and he bent the rules for me. Good you know? man. Um, good fucking man. <laughs> no, good man for that, you know. And then I just want to, you know, I, I want to say the NorCal guys, you know, the Thrasher guys in particular, um, Mofo and Bryce Knights, man, I think those two guys really gave me my first opportunity, Mofo, you know, in particular, and, um, you know, guided me the right way and gave me that work ethic, you know. I got a question. How do you get the equipment and stuff? Or did you just, like, how do you get, because it's expensive, right? I you mean, know, back in the cool. day, you didn't need as much as you need now. <laughs> I, I think today, it's like, if you're one of those kids living in the OC bubble and you got the the rich pockets of the family, you're you're... You're good, but back in the day, man, it was just like, it was one camera. Yeah. It was usually 90% of photography was on. He's looking at his phone for the people listening. That's I told him to turn his ringer off. <laughs> motherfucker. Um, <laughs> some people didn't have as much back then. I mean, when I was shooting photos back when I first started, I had one flash. Yeah. I had one lens, I had two lenses, and then the camera body. It's not like the setups of today where, you know, three or four, you know, yeah. studio flashes. and It's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous now. It's like, you know, you're a portable um, studio walking around. Yeah. Back then it wasn't as hard, so, you know. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Do you ever just go back and shoot with something like a point-and-shoot simple and just kind of... I always take a little point-and-shoot and walk around Sick. and... You know, I, I just love to carry a camera around, man, so I, yeah. I have it all the time with me, you know? Yeah, I remember you go, you take photos, and uh, you find interesting people and, like, pop photos, and yeah, it's pretty sick. They're always really good photos of interesting characters. You're like, whoa, how did he find that person, like, on your travels? Um, 
I, I, I got a little theme that I, I like, and it's just called um, Stole Your Soul. That's what it was. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and um, I think it was because of one of my travels. You know, many years ago, I was when my first trip to Brazil, I was taking a photo of someone. And they got pissed off at me, and they came at me with the machete. Oh, and, um, you know, and I remember Bob Bernquist and the, the, our security guards, they had to stop and everything, you know. And, like, you know, Bob came up to me afterwards, and he's all, hey, man, um, the guy was so pissed off because you took a photo of him, and it, he felt like you stole his soul. Perfect. You know, and from that day on, I've, I've and this is years ago, it was just like, Wow, some people in other countries have that feeling that when you take a photo of them, that you've stole their soul without their permission. Yeah. So I've kind of just ran with that. And I'm always in, even to this day, you know, I've been on trips with you just a few years back, and you see me. I just like to snipe people's souls, and I still do it, man. Yeah, you like to wake up early and lurk out. I lurk out, and I just shoot, you know, and it's just, it's the love I have of photography still, you know what I mean? It's like... I, I like what I do, and I feel blessed that I have, you know, this skill to do what I'm doing, and, you know, I don't take it for granted. So, I, yeah, I still get on missions myself and just go shoot photos, man. That's awesome. Great. Do, do you have any more issues with people stealing their souls, or was that the... Uh, every now and then you still get it, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, what would you do if someone, you're looking at someone, he's taking a photo, like maybe you and your girl or something, you're like, Wait, what the that dude do with taking a photo of you know Taryn you're gonna kind of get a little upset you know I, I just mean? try like, to make sure we look good that's all. <laughs> you know, so yeah every now and then it, it'll run into some issues man all right. all right no more machetes though no more machetes man that's good um okay well I guess this is a good transition into working for the do tour because we got to go to some cool places man they're all in basketball arenas and arenas and stuff how's that come to be I don't, that's just a little bittersweet you know yeah. what I mean um the detour was a, a challenge um you know I, and back going back to Chris Miller you know he approached me and you know said hey um you know trying to change change the detour you know and um want to make some changes and what do you think and I took the challenge and um you know I worked for them for a good seven years and um had a good run at it man you know and NBC just shut the doors on it just recently. You know, they yeah. didn't want to do the production of it anymore, so they closed the doors and let us all go. But um, it was good, man. We had a good time. We had some great arenas. And, you know, back then it was like, you know, I, I got to say probably the best, best, best was going into the Boston Gardens. Yes. And being on the floor. Dude. You know, and... I had an incident there actually because there was a do tour there and Boston had just lost. Oh, with LA. <laughs> and you guys lost to the Lakers. <laughs> I don't believe it, but go ahead. In the championship round. And I show up with my Laker jersey. Yeah, I was telling you not to. I tell you not to do that all the time. <laughs> And I got to say, the the security guard working the back door that we come in through, he really gave me grief for a minute, man. He wouldn't let me in. As he should. As he should. And, um, it was good, though. You know, I think that, that was some good times. I mean, I got to say, it was, it was really cool just seeing some of the things that me being such a basketball nerd, just going into all the arenas and walking 
the back hallways, looking at all the things that you don't see. Yeah. You know, and man, I mean, we went to the Jazz Arena, the Celtics Arena, um, the Blazers Arena. Portland, beautiful. Yeah, Portland's beautiful, you know, and um, there was a few other ones out there. But yeah, no, it was really cool, you know. Yeah, I I remember seeing, like, the lockers in the Boston Garden being that close to where those dudes are, like, putting all their shit in, like, winning games and making history and and uh, I really liked the jazz one because they had the statue of, like, Carl Malone, I think, yep. and John Stockton out yep. front, which out is front, yeah. so sick. I thought it was so cool, and it's funny, the best I ever skated in a Dutour was the Boston one. Yeah, I had yeah. hometown, home, hometown Advantage, and uh, I skated pretty good in that one. Those things were so fun from a different perspective from someone skating in them. Yeah. I had a lot of fun in those things. They're hard, you know, because it's a yeah. show, it's a production, and the lights are on you, and you got to shred, but... uh it was right. It was cool yeah. to be able to travel and like, thank you. Yeah, no, no, those were good times, man. And you know, and and yeah, Dutour was good, man. Seven years is a hell of a run too. Yeah, yeah. for a big production like that. And yeah, like, well, Dutour actually lasted eleven years, but you know, I only came on, you know, after the, after it was going on for about five years. Yeah, a bigger role in that than just shooting photography, though. It seemed like you were inviting people. You were like hustle, the hustle that I'm talking about. You did a lot more than just shoot photography. Oh, uh, yeah. I was kind of like on the whole basic program of like changing the look, the feel, and the respect level of what Dutour had. Yeah. You know, and um, so, yeah, the, you know, there's some people that we let go, and then there were some people that we brought on, and, you know, we hired some, you know, some new people, and um, it, it, we made a good change for it, you know, and, and yeah. we brought it to a good, respectful level, you know, and, yeah. um, you know, just in this day and age, man, the contest industry, it's just so hard, and the sponsorship dollars just aren't the same, you know, and unfortunately, when you got a corporate company like NBC, it's not about the passion and the love of the contest and what you've done and what you've changed. It's just like, oh, uh, we don't have that 25% profit margin, so... You know, numbers. It's just numbers, and I understand it. Hey, it's business. It's business. There's no hard feelings about it, man. I had a good time. I learned a lot, and I think that's really, you know, was a, a different role I had. A lot of people looked at me as just a photographer for a certain period of time, you know, and and then working for the do tour, make it, you know, expanded me. Yeah, that's right, man. Yeah. Yeah, I had a little experience, like, with sponsors uh, when I wrote for sponsors that were, like, corporately owned and the numbers weren't there. I I, I kind of had that experience where I'm like, wait, we're doing, the like, we rebranded and things are going well and, like, we got we got momentum now and then if the numbers just aren't there. And I never really got mad. I was just kind of like, well, it makes sense. They're not, like, they don't know what it's like to skate and, like, they don't have the heart that it is. They're just, it's a business. And it is a business, yeah. and that nothing wrong with that. That's just how it goes, you know. And then if that, that's what, that's why I started my own skateboarding because I was like, well, all uh, the numbers won't, I'll, you know, I'll be flexible with the numbers, you know. Like if things are down, we'll learn how to adjust until things are back up, you know. Exactly. Right, you go with the ride. So, but 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 you kind of did a fitting name for your brand too. It's just like you know, all you need, yeah. all I need, yeah. specifically is. All you need. Yeah, skateboarding. That's it. I did. I named it All I Need just because I know, like, people out there, like yourself and other people, and, like, as I got older, I'm like, it's much more than, like, fame, money, wants. It's much more than wants. It's a need for us. It's a need for you. It's a need for me. It's like, there's lifers in this thing, and there's a lot of them out there, and we're, like, inheriting the earth right now. Skateboarders are, because 
skateboarding teaches you great life skills to succeed in this world in this day and age like i don't know why it just does but it's a need for so many people and i was like anyone that could hate on all i need then they're not really feeling yeah. skateboarding as a need in their life and it's like well then i'm not really mad if you're mad at me like, exactly yeah. <laughs> like, i feel you man <laughs> cool um all right well we're gonna move forward well we'll keep on this first how do we get into shooting um with Transworld and getting published because you went from probably just shooting backyard with the homies well no i actually went from um I worked for Thrasher for the first part of things. Oh, yeah, that you were saying. Um, you know, so what happened was I was at a contest, um, the Great Desert Ramp Battle. Sick. And it was um, up a, a ramp up in Palmdale, and I went up there with some of the crew, you know, Chris Robeson and Mickey Alba and Damn. a few of the guys, and um, someone from Thrasher didn't show up. And I was the there. The photographer? Sh- yeah, yeah, and I was there shooting photos. And then that's where it started. Hustle work, I think. And I, I just was hustling, and um, I got my photos published at that contest. That was my first photos published, and Damn. I was actually still in high school. Wow. And then, you know, I went and I worked for um, Thrasher, and I want to say it was a good, like, seven years. Damn. Um, Seems to be your lucky number, bro. And then I went and worked for um, Transworld. Damn. And then that, that was a good... Um, 12-year run that I worked with those guys, you know, and, you know, just one day just, you know, kind of had a falling out on on a few things up there and, and of what I felt and talked to Grant Britton, you know, and, and Grant, you know, brought me on and, um, and it was, you know, from there and then basically at the same time it was, um, you know, starting it at Transworld, it was also at the same exact time that we started 411. Yeah. And, um, and that's just where it kind of just went right there. What's the formation? How did the idea behind Forum One come? Who was involved? And like, man, the idea of Forum One was basically just you know, it, it, it's all Steve Douglas, man. Um, you know, I, I actually got to give a lot of thanks to that guy in, in my career, and you know, someone that um, helped me a lot, you know, throughout my career. But he had an idea. And um, and it all started with you know New Deal and the giant family and everything that you know um, what he wanted to do, and then it just transpired into wait why are we going to do this only with our riders let's yeah. do this with everyone yeah sick and me being out there kind of shooting everybody it just he just kind of talked to me about it and I was all in a hundred percent what was your role though. Well, at the time, man, I was a filmer. I was a photographer. So I was kind of the filmer photographer. So back then, it wasn't like the production of today. It was like, you know, we would film a trick. And it's like, okay, hey, do it again. Let's get a photo. I know that one. (laughs) Okay, and that's that's how it used to be, you know. And and then it just, uh, you know, years down the road, it transpired into the production of today of, you know, two, three filmers photographer the whole production iPhones um, and fun yeah live and, streams um, yeah Steve just approached me and you know it was Steve Douglas it was Josh Freeberg and it was Paul Schmidt 
Damn. You know. Sick. I didn't know Paul was involved. Yeah, yeah. Paul. Paul was the, the founder of of four one one. Man. Wow. He was on my podcast. I didn't even mention it. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Got to research harder next time. Yeah, you do. You <laughs> slipped on that one, man. Well, he talked about so much cool stuff. I was like kind of blown away by that guy. Yeah. No. Hey, Paul Schmidt is 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 a living legend, man. He's one that you know. You talked about, you know, passion and the love of skateboarding. He's got it. You know. Did you guys realize that you were do- creating something special? Because four and one here, a little precursor for me, growing up on the East Coast, and when I first got into skating, those were the videos, four and ones, because they had, like you said, a mix of everything. It wasn't one team. It was, and you guys had articles, like video articles, and all these things that were like so appealing. To this day, people, if I mention 411, people are like, oh, yeah, that, like, so nostalgic about it. Did you guys realize that, or was there a shift as you started doing it where you realized, like, damn, people are really into this? Yeah, you know, there was a little shift, but I don't know how much we realized at the time, you know? Yeah. I know Douglas did, you know, his mind and everything, but, you know, I was still out in the streets with everybody and, you know, making everything happen, so, um... You know, I think sometimes we realize, you know, Josh, you know, Freeberg and, and Douglas and myself, we were the main three in it, you know. Paul was, you know, kind of just our financial helper, partner. Yeah. He was so involved in New Deal and Giant and so much stuff. He gave us the opportunity to take this and run with it. Sick. You know, um, but Paul wasn't in, in all the daily talks the way you know Douglas and Freeberg were um you know and, and and actually to take it a step back you got to give props out to Johnny Schilleroff and Andy Howe because those two guys are some of the guys that were in the talks of 411 almost even before me so but they were just too busy that you know, Douglas was talking with Andy Howe because, you know, Andy Howe was running, you know, Underworld Element, yep. which is now Element. Yeah. And, you know, they were so focused on what they were doing and everything, and but Douglas saw the vision, yeah. you know, and, and Steve Douglas has the mind just to look and, hey, we can make this, change this, do this. And um, that's when he brought, you know, myself and Josh Freeberg on board. Yeah. So I want to make sure that those guys get props because they were a big part of it as well. Um, but I don't think we, we knew that, you know, 25 years down the road, people would still be talking about this and, and the impact that it had in, in a lot of careers that it, it, it kind of took off. And, it and, did, and for helped, sure. You know? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, we would watch every single one, and our goal in life was to get into 4 one Like that, like being on the East Coast and so far removed from the industry, we were just like consuming this content of 4 one and they would just come out um, all the time. And we were like, and my buddy Dale, we had a competition. And my buddy Dale, who got me into skating, we had a competition like, who could get into 4 one It was kind of a pipe dream. I didn't even think it could happen. But he got in. He did like a frontside flip like indie grab or something on a quarter pipe and like for some reason he filmed it with the right dude on some tour that came through like new hampshire like the odds were not in his favor and it somehow ended up in form one and then he just talked shit to me for so long because he got in form one rightfully <laughs> rightfully so rightfully so <laughs> all right moving forward moving forward 
I wanted to give a shout out to Andrew Cannon and Mike Franklin. Anything you want to say about those guys? Those two are very interesting, awesome characters. You know, I'm going to just say I love those guys. <laughs> but Andrew Cannon's soft now. Oh, for sure. Two guy, kids, like... The guy used to eat desserts, and now he's healthy, man. Oh, shit. I <laughs> used to eat red velvet cupcakes with me, and now he eats salad, man. I don't know what happened to the guy, man. He's but, not a vegan or anything, is he? Man, the guy might be a vegan, you know, but... No, I'll, 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 you know, I just, I just want to bust him up a little. But um, hey, Andrew Cannon's a great guy, man. I, I had a good time with him. Um, you know, it, I got a funny story on Andrew Cannon because I was actually on a trip one day, and we were on a hawk clothing. Yes, trip. sick. Was and Rodney Jones? Rodney uh, Jones, right? Rodney Johnson. Johnson, sorry. Rodney yeah. Johnson was a team manager, and this is when David um, Gonzalez and a few of the youngsters that were just little, little kids, man. Um, Lamar Hemmings, maybe? Lamar Hemmings yeah, was sick. on there. Um, oh, God, my mind's blank right now. But we were doing a little tour, and we were out in Philly. And Andrew approached us. Like he wasn't on the trip? He wasn't on the trip. He just happened to be at the demo. And Andrew Cannon, we were trying to find spots. But Andrew wanted to give us a sponsor me tape. Of course. So Andrew Cannon diverted us 45 minutes out of the way, <laughs> going through the sticks, the barnyards and all. You know, if you've been to Andrew Cannon's house in Philly, he don't live in Philly. He lives in the boonies of Philly. Okay? Yeah. And it's farmland. It's farmland. For sure. And he lives on a great farm, and he's got, man, it, he's got a great spread out Beautiful. there. Beautiful. But he drove us, and we're going, what in the fuck is this kid doing right now? And all of a sudden, we pull up to his house. We're just like, what's going on here? Hold on, guys. Hold on. Hold on. He runs in the house and gets a sponsor me tape. Sick. Brings it out and gives it to Rodney Johnson. <laughs> then he takes us on and takes us to the next spot. Wow. That was my first encounter with Andrew Cannon and and I just was so irritated at that kid like what the fuck is this kid doing and then I had the pleasure to actually become his friend you know and and I went on some amazing trips with the guy man and we ate some good food and um and I even stabbed Andrew Cannon man yeah you did you know you definitely cut his lip on I trip. cut his lip man <laughs> I took a knife you know and I I'm I'm Mexican you know and I, the guy was popping off too much, man, and I swatted him with a knife, and I cut his lip open, man. Let's clarify. It was a plastic knife, and we were in, like, a, uh, like a fast food place or something. Where was it? Do you remember what it was? It was a Mexican joint. It was. Perfect. <laughs> totally accidental, but Andrew was, like, running around, like, oh, Jesus, cut my lip open. We're like, well, how does he do that? Plastic knife and all that. Yeah, Andrew Cannon's classic individual, and definitely... One of the most outgoing and uh, unique personalities in the skateboarding industry. He's doing pretty good right now. He's working up uh, NHS, right? Oh, he's brand manager at NHS, you know. Crazy. And he actually, you know, talking about Do Tour, he's a guy that we brought into Do Tour, you know. And, and he, he's got so much spark to him, you know. And, yeah. And he was one of our announcers, and he hyped up the crowd. And um, Andrew Cannon, man, is, is, is true legit, man. I mean, he's a good guy. And... For you guys that don't know him, man, I'm sure you've seen his face around. I'm sure you've heard his voice 
on the street league mic, and um, you know he's come a long way from that little kid that steered us 45 minutes out of the way to give a fucking sponsor the tape, man. Was it? Did you ever watch the tape? Was it any good? I you know, I don't remember because back then it was I was just shooting photos. That was Rodney Johnson's responsibility. Right in so. the trash, it went right in the and trash. Just went right in the trash. <laughs> Especially because we were so irritated as a kid, man. <laughs> That's because he's so far removed. You guys are like in California. You're probably used to people giving tapes. There's an etiquette. So far removed from the industry. Like to him, he's like, this is my only fucking shot. Like I got to bring him 45 minutes to my farmhouse to give him my Wet Willie fucking sponsor me tape. (laughs) Well, shit, Ortiz. I I don't know, man. I got more to – oh, yeah, actually. I was going to get you off the hook, but we're not getting off the hook yet. I want to – we were talking about this a little bit yesterday. We're talking about weed and making people lazy. And I don't think so. I don't agree. I think that there's lazy people and there's non-lazy people. And some smoke and some of them don't. And I think... I don't want to get into the topic too much about that, but I'm just going to say I think it's one of those things that a lot of people don't see. And, you know, we were talking about this earlier in the discussion about people being fit, keeping in shape, you know. And, um, you know, some people make choices of what they want to do. And... um, I don't want to promote it. I don't want to talk about it too much. But, okay, okay. You know, it's... May I talk a little? No. Let's just, <laughs> let's just go to the next subject here, man. I'm just a promoter. That's why. But I don't think kids... I think when you're young and developing, for someone who's trying to figure out who they are, the less substances, the better. Because you need to find out who you are on your own and yeah. kind of, like, figure out where your heart lies before you even indulge in any substance. Not just marijuana, but, like, alcohol, even coffee to some degree. Because... If you just indulge in something and use that as a crutch, you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're never going to develop. You're yeah. just going to hinder yourself. So yeah. Being sober is like a good thing. But even being sober is an extreme. And then yeah. you can't relate to anyone, which always worries me. Because I mean, yeah. people are too sober and I'm like, dude, you need to have some fun. Like, you need to relax. Maybe moderation is the key to all these substances, you know? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, all right, we covered that. Thank you. I wanted to make sure we're... I just don't want you thinking I'm lazy because I work five jobs and I'm focused and I... I and we, and everyone, knows, everyone knows you're the hardest worker out there. All right. so, uh, <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. Your opinion matters to me. <laughs> All right, last but not least, it's kind of a two-parter. Since you are technically media in skateboarding, How do you feel about the direction of what's going on with all the outlets of media and skateboarding? And are you optimistic? It's a wild west, I feel, right now. It is a wild west out there, you know, and it's unfortunate, you know, that it's been lost. Yeah. You know, um, just anybody can almost pick up a camera. Anybody, Anybody has an iPhone in this day and age, and... They think they're a camera guy. Yeah. You know, they think they're a video guy, and they think they're a photographer, all in one, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, it's something that's kind of been lost, and, you know, I don't feel the the days of that indie ad coming out are there anymore, you know. Yeah, And for those that don't know, it was like, you know, the Thrasher indie ad was like... It was it. Yeah. Like, who, who got the indie ad? And that's all people cared about. You know what I mean? It was like, you were just talking about Forum 1. It was like everybody was trying to get in. Let's take a step before that when it was even just, you know, print only. Yeah. You know, and you would wait a month. There, there'd be a time where 
you'd be able to come to this contest, Tampa. You'd shoot this contest. You'd go home, get the film developed, See. and it would come out in the next issue. Yeah, that's awesome. And nothing was ruined. It was like still, it was just like new to a lot of people, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, like in the sense that no one poached it and you yeah. had something that was gold? Yeah, the internet wasn't there yet, you yeah. know what I mean? And all this, the Facebooks and, you know, Instagram and all that stuff. Now, dude, it's just, it's out there just like that. And it, it, it's an evolving, you know, change that you have to keep up with, man. You know, and and... I think, you know, there's been a lot of people that have come and gone, and, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the future has. You know, there's a, there's going to be a new app tomorrow, and we're just going to have to learn it and, and keep up with it, you know? Yeah. And if you don't, it's just, it, it's, the, it's the end of you, you know? And, and like, kind of like even with you as a professional skateboarder, you know, you... You know you got to keep up with everything. It's the same way with media right now. Wait, do I? I just I just dropped out of the pro contest. Well, you dropped out of the pro <laughs> contest, but you were still trying to win. I was trying to win. <laughs> you were still trying to win the team manager contest. And they man. wouldn't. They just read a disqualified. Oh, Reddit, Reddit told me he was going to just say no. Bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on this whole fucking thing because I did, I have I have a team that I manage. I like started it from the ground up. I do, dude, I'm social media manager, I'm filmer at times, sometimes I'm a photographer, and I should be qualified to skate the TM contest. I think you should have been able to, man. Bastards. They robbed me of my win. I'm trying to think of a basketball pay player that it happened to him that I could compare myself to. I'm drawing blanks at the minute, at the moment, but I should have had the ring, dude. I'm fine with it, but it's fine. Uh, what do you mean you're drawing a blank? You just got to think back to the Celtics and... and <laughs> Let's just keep it There's going. So now. many. <laughs> it was so much fun, dude. My thought process on yesterday was like, because I'm trying to like, I want to do every wherever I apply my energy, I want it to be something that's fun and the most productive for like the growth of everything that we're doing. So to me, my thought process was like, I got Corey Goon in here for the first time. He's like, it's he, he's first Tampa pro as a pro. Like, that alone, I'm excited for people just to watch him skate, you know? Timmy Knuth always does great in the pro contest. I've done the pro contest for like 10 years, and I've done mediocre. Let's be honest, people. I skate great in practice, but then when it comes to the lights and stuff, for whatever reason, it's the same story. I thought in my head, I was like, I'll be the most productive if I skate with all the team managers and industry people that I want to podcast with. Like, because if I sweat with these dudes and I have fun with them... That's how you get to meet people. It'll be much easier to have them come on the podcast because all those dudes. Like, I was out there watching Bill Weiss and, like, all these dudes. There's so many epic dudes out there shredding Pete Kelly. And I was like, these dudes, like, I want, like, I love podcasting. And I can skate on my own leisure now. Like, I can skate whenever I want. And I yep. know, like, so I was like, you know what? I'll be better and more productive if I film and live stream my dudes <laughs> and I skate the TM. And then that makes us more well-rounded. We got two pros in the pro contest. We got one in the TM. And then we can still do the media stuff. Yeah. But they are busting my balls so hard, and I just wanted to tell them, like... Yeah, I, I missed it, so I don't know what was said, but I just know that Retta <laughs> he said... Was, he was good about it. It he, was flattering, but it was yeah. like they disqualified me. Yeah, no, he told me. <laughs> Which gave me the best story, because I've been talking shit on the podcast, just joking around, being like, I'm going to smoke everyone, but... <laughs> well, Chris... Dude, seriously, in all sincerity, you're one of my favorite people, dude. I'm so. It's a handshake. It's I'm I'm patting his hand. Much respect to you, man. You dude. know you are one of the hardest working dudes out there. You know, um, 
just want to give you a little props too. I want to tell you thanks for you know giving me the opportunity to talk with you and um and um you got a good hustle, my man. You know you're a hard worker, dude, and um you got a lot to look forward to in in your life and um and with the passion that you have, you know you're going to take your brand and you're going to succeed and you know because you already got the vision to help this the next you know, set of youngsters coming out from your hood. Yeah. You got the passion for your skate park. You got the passion for your scene. And, um, you know, good luck. And I'm sure me and you will be running into each other many more years here, my man. Yeah, I wouldn't be anywhere without people like you that trailblaze. So thank you. All right, my man. And thank you. This is the first one from Skate Park in Tampa. There's going to be more coming. Peace. Hang on, brothers and sisters. Liberation is near. It's almost time. Oh, buddy. Hell yeah. Say, come on. To all my people, where you at? Put your fist up. We gon' twist up. Say, come on. Come on. Experience the train. Hot for boards. Come on. Experience rocking with the reed. Black shine.